0: I want to talk about discouragement because just from personal experience, the last couple of months has been quite discouraging for me. And I feel like I got so full of anxiety because of a circumstance in my life, a personal um, circumstance that I let it put me into a pit almost, like a pit of despair. And I think, how in the world is that possible that I can feel so trapped? You know when um, when I know that God is 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 a God of the impossible and God is bigger than my circumstances. But I think anxiety what what happens when we get into it and when we um we we feel like like we're in a war zone or like you know we're in a blizzard. Um, we we tend to get so focused on the circumstances. It's like have you ever been driving in a blizzard or driving in the fog? and you can't see where you're going, and you think, I could just die any second, and you just focus, instead of thinking, okay, I have to cry out to God, because I can't see to drive, I I have to, I mean, I've literally had to do that when I couldn't see, because of fog or snow, I have to just trust God, knowing that God is a God of the impossible, in real circumstances, not just, you know, I'm praying for some situation, but like in real life, you know, and um, so whether you're in like, a war zone, like where there's actual bombs going off. I, we, we've talked to people who have been in war zones and they have um, talked to us about how they were able to actually navigate which roads to turn because the Holy Spirit showed them how to avoid the bombs that were being dropped on their city and just to get to the Bible study. Like this was a weekly thing. They've met as Christians in the secret place, but to do that, they would have to go through a literal war zone, but the Holy Spirit showed them which roads to take and I mean, that can happen, you know, in whatever circumstance we are, whether it's, you know, a situation like that, whether it's weather conditions, whether it's COVID, you know how you get kind of sick of wearing your mask or you get sick of this or that. And, you know, you take it off and then boom, you know, something happens or you just, I think when it comes to despair or, or anxiety, you can get in, give into it so much that you actually put yourself in like a paralyzed state. And this came um, to full view for me when I went to the physical therapist this week because I had hurt my back and I thought, oh, it was just me trying to lift up this heavy thing. It Wasn't even that heavy, really. But what I found out was that as she was examining my back, I was in so much pain. um, It wasn't the place that I thought it was, was the problem so much. She goes, that's really not the main problem. The main problem is your fascia. What's that fascia? What in the world is that? <laughs> and, and then she said, I'll show you what it is. And it's the space between your skin and your bones. And so she pulled, like, she just pulled a wad of skin like this. And my back, I'm like, ah, you know, it hurts so bad. And she pulled some girls. I'm like, ah, what are you doing? She's like, oh my, she goes, it's you're completely shut down in your fascia. I'm like, what? She says, okay, what's happened is that you're not breathing deep enough. She goes, you know, you don't just breathe here in your throat or something. You breathe your back. You need to breathe in through your lungs everywhere, you know? And for some reason, you're not breathing deep. What is going on? Oh, I think I know. She says, you've been taking shallow breaths because when someone is not breathing deep, the result is that their fascia becomes kind of like frozen or paralyzed. And so you see a a situation that I was in made me feel so paralyzed that actually my body was was experiencing the same thing, but on a physical level. And so she was able to, you know, like pull on some, you know, like manipulate this, that fascia area and and like basically wake up parts of my body that were sort of um, temporarily paralyzed to tell them they needed to start moving. And then she says, you need to breathe. You know, you need to breathe deeper because when you're anxious, you just take these little shallow breaths. Have you ever had like an anxiety attack or something where you feel like you're losing your breath? Like you really are going to not be able to breathe. And they say, well, just, you know, breathe in a bag or do this or do that. All that can come from anxiety. And how does it get there? Well, I know how it got there for me, but the the question is, why, why didn't I think to cry out to God because Ephesians tells us that we are in a battle turn to Ephesians 6 in your bible there chapter 6 and that would be on page uh, 979 in the in the thicker bed bible and I'm not sure in the thin bible it's on it. but um, and we're going to go to verse 10 Chapter 6, and then starting with verse 10, and it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. You know, to win a battle, you it's not enough for you just to put on some of your gear. You know, like imagine if you were in a snowstorm. Um, this came clear to me when we were over on, in eastern Washington during the cold snap. Did any of you guys think about cold when it was like single-digit temperatures and what happened if you didn't put your one part of your battle gear to go out in the cold, like your gloves, you would literally like your hands would start to freeze or your feet would freeze. Right. And I'm like, okay, I get it. We, can't, we have to go out fully you know, covered. Right. Or we could die of hypothermia. <laughs> anyway. So it, it's the same way in our spiritual battles and verse 10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So I don't know about you, but for me, when I um, don't see the results to my prayers, I kind of start giving up and then I rely in my own strength. Like, what can I do? And, you know, if I'm being criticized and I just kind of say back to that person, something that's kind of smart or whatever to get back rather than pausing and praying and saying, what God would you have me say or not say anything? And I can get in worse trouble if I just start spouting my mouth, mouth off, you know. And so anyway, I was feeling like I was in kind of a battle. And, and, and I wasn't seeing how God was answering my prayers right then. And so I got into that pit of despair. And I kind of started relying on my own, my own thoughts and ways. And that's when I started to stop breathing properly. And then my body's like, hello, wake up you know, you need to, you need to take a different battle tactic. And the battle tactic as Christians, as you know, is that we need to put on the full armor of God, because the Christian life is not just a blissful, tranquil, (laughs) float down a beautiful, warm river, where you just float along. When we're in a battle, anything floating down is dead. Think about fish. Do they just float down the river. No, to get up to where they have to go, they were created to have to fight against the current. We're living in a battleground in the world. We're going the opposite way that a lot of people who are not living according to God's plan are living. We don't just float down the river and think everything's going to be great. Our we're in a battle and to get up we need to fight. We need to put on the battle gear, but it's not our own strength. You know, salmon were not created to have to have, I mean, God created them to be able to go up the river as a natural, normal thing, right? And the salmon that don't want to do that, well, they're the ones that are floating down and they're probably dead. They're not the live ones going up. So it should be, we should realize that faith, like Bob was mentioning before, faith is not just this idea in our head. Faith is a force to be able to stand. In the strength of God in the midst of the battle. Okay. How can faith move mountains if it's just an idea? Oh, I believe in God. Faith will never move a mountain. It will never move the mountains in our life if it's just an idea. It is a force. It is a force that's unseen. It's the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. Jesus is not walking here in the flesh, but Jesus said, I will not leave you or forsake you because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. That is. The force that is God in, in force that we can't see, but we can see the results of that force. Just like we can see the results of someone's love in their heart. When someone has love in their heart, we can't see the love in their heart, but we can see the fruit. We can see that someone loved me, they gave me a call. Someone loved me, they gave me a jacket when I was cold. Someone loved me, they were gentle, they were patient, they were kind, they were not rude or angry or jealous, or mean. They didn't keep a record of my wrongs. Same thing with um, faith. When we're in a battle, faith will have results that we can see. We can, we'll be able to see the results. When we will be able to see literal mountains, well, not like mountains, but like a mountain of addiction that will move. How many of have you have, you, have a, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want, but how many have seen like some kind of thing that we didn't feel like we could battle with God's help. We actually saw that thing move in our life or in someone else's life. Okay. It's miraculous. Like the lady we were talking about, who could not see that is like, that is, that was a mountain not being able to read and write how in the world her faith was, she knew that if she asked for prayer, she was trusting that God was going to answer her prayer. And guess what? The Holy spirit, we couldn't see moved into her her mouth and and her eyes she was able to speak out her prayer and confidence and be able to read that's to me amazing that's what that's what faith does and so let me read finally be strong in the lord in the lord not in your own strength be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might And then it goes on to talk about putting on the whole battle of God. So it says, so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil has schemes to take you out. All right. His schemes, just like with Jesus in the desert, who was tempted to do this, you know, do that. Do these things that God never called Jesus to do. God is trying to get you to do things that will sabotage your life. The devil tries to get you to do that. And God says, No, stand in me. You know, maybe you're not going to feel strong, but it's God's strength that's going to save you. And that's what I was encouraged to do. So when I was in this pit of despair, I called out to my Christian friends uh, who were able to pray for me, to pray strength back in me. I felt like I was like a dead person here. I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I felt like I was like the weakest person in my church, that I couldn't even. I couldn't just stop having the fear that was overcoming my whole body and making me afraid that I was going to be, you know, attacked or whatever, you know? So they prayed for me and strength came back in. I remember that first song that we sang that says yeah. that God is, what is it? How does it go? It's something that my friend, whether it's my best day or my worst day. Mm-hmm. And God is a very present help in a time of need. Not just when you're all good and perfect and Christian, but God is a very present help in a time of need. So remember that when you're in the battle, just put on the battle gear that he tells you to put on. And you can read more about this in chapter six. But what I want to do is move to um, to verse 13. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil, day and having done so all to stand firm and then and then it goes on um to talk about you know putting on this and putting on that and all the all the battle gear that god talks about and it says in all circumstances take up the shield of faith which with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one so we have flaming darts coming against us. Did you ever notice that all day long? All day long, there's flaming darts that are coming at us and we can't see them physically, but they can come through other people. Same will use other people who are not walking strong in him. And they'll even our, even a friend or family or anybody you thought, you know, that you could trust can be used as a flaming dart. It's so awful. It's like it catches us off guard because like, who would ever think right that someone um, who's been close to you could do that or or even just a stranger i don't know have you ever had a stranger just walk up and happened to julio the other day just some person just walked in the door and said something awful you know and that's happened that's happened to me too like i was just standing in line and some guy just started cussing me out i'm like oh why me <laughs> you know Never there. what's that julio yeah. it's the enemy trying to get at us you know Um, just little things that can enemy knows what will bug us, you know, bad. So, um, but if we, you know, are standing with God's faith, you know, the shield of faith, we can, we can put out, we can extinguish those fiery darts. It's amazing. Those those fiery darts that come out us and at us and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I think it's easy to forget that, um, that our big weapon, you know, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And I'm just speaking scripture over ourselves or over other people. Is so life giving, which is why I think, did you want to say something? So, yeah. Where are we was... Oh, I'm sorry. Ephesians six. And there were now we're on. yeah. So Ephesians chapter six, page 979. And then um, 616. Okay, yeah. So. um here it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, this, this is what I want to emphasize. Praying at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication. So there's like a lot about prayer. It's not just pray, but I mean, this, there must be some kind of, uh, I mean, this is like kind of all, all encompassing or it's like, it's not just simple. Praying all times in the spirit and all prayer, with all prayer and supplication. So there's different kinds of prayer. There's praying in the spirit, like with words that we don't know. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. We just start praying like we're a baby that doesn't speak. It's like, you know, praying in the spirit, you know, in tongues. Or sometimes we can just say help, you know, or we can pray the psalms, right? The psalms, that's, if we don't know what to pray, the psalms are actually prayers. And, um. So we can pray like that, and um, it says, "To that end, keep alert with all perseverance." That means it—it takes you know, like realizing you may not see the results right away when you pray. Perseverance—perseverance means to stick to it, stick to it, even if even if you know you're you're getting tired. Stick to it and be alert. So if you're just like hanging out, just watching Netflix constantly, nothing wrong with. Sometimes you're gonna sit and and you know just flake out and stuff like that but really how can we be alert if our mind is not yeah. filled you know with with yeah
1: i just have something i want to say because before this morning i was praying mm-hmm. and i just asked God. i said can you just help me have to stay i want to mm-hmm. stay mm-hmm. you know because i i i have that um and, and this is what what he showed me he said robin you it's spoiled all your life. And I wasn't spoiled as a child. Trust me, I had a really rough childhood, mm-hmm. but I spoiled myself by doing drugs and I never had to deal. So I have this instant gratification thing. Mm-hmm. And if it goes too long with the, you know, with something when I'm, when I get confused and I don't, and it's the faith, he's answering me right now. So mm-hmm. um, it's a faith that will combat the instant gratification because mm-hmm. I, oh, I, that's when I, that's when I break. I just can't, I, I refuse give up that's good but i i mean however i have mm-hmm. been doing this for so long that it's just a habit mm-hmm. and um it's part of my addiction i guess you know that the instant gratification part but well no it's not my addiction is part of that mm-hmm. because of just trying to get away from things because i can do it with tv food you give me anything yeah and, anything um, can be like right comfort right that substitutes for god right yeah it doesn't have to be drugs. yeah um, but so then I come here and this is, mm-hmm. is, you know, he's like, he's so faithful to answer if I ask, but I never, I have a hard time asking, really asking him, you know, he's mm-hmm. just like, Hey Lord, you good, you know, but mm-hmm. I was like, you, you know, I forgive me for not saying, but please teach me how to say,
0: well, that's that, let's that be our prayer. Please yeah. Lord, teach us how to stay, teach us how to stand firm, teach us how to persevere, how to be strong in the midst of this blizzard that we're in. I mean, we're in a pandemic, which is wearing us down, but we're also in our own battles that are unique to us. And we don't want to fall back down into a a pit of despair like I was doing, but we want to be able to continue to have faith, which we know is not just an idea, but it's like standing in you firm and believing that you are actually the God that saves, that you are a very present help in the time of need. So that's our prayer to you, Lord. And um, I just want to end with the song. Psalm 120. A short song. Psalm 120. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. I love that. He didn't say in my perfect... Christian love. and I just was feeling like so on top of the world I called God and said, "Aren't you proud of me?" No. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you and what sh- and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. And this is basically talking about like We can feel that, you know, when people lie about us, it's so hurtful, isn't it? People say lies about us or people that we love. It's the worst thing to be lied about or someone we care about lied about. And, but God is there. He he delivers us. We don't have to try to set that person straight and tell them, hey, because, you know, if you try to set them straight, you'll never win. You will never win that battle. Let God be the one. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From Where does my help come from? Well, not the hills. I'll tell you that. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not sleep. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Wow. So that's my prayer for you. Um, read Psalm 120 and 121. They're short. When you go home, just read them over yourself. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of the truth because the truth, God's word, that's That is our sword. That's the sword of the spirit. That's how we do battle.
2: I just want to add one thing. You know, it really moved me what Robin said, what you said, Robin, about, you know, how you felt like you had a really, you suffered a lot of deprivation as a child in your family and you were spoiling yourself through drugs, right? Like, I think that's what a lot of us do is we feel like we need to spoil ourselves right? Because no one really cared for us. And so, and drugs, drugs, alcohol provide a way to spoil ourselves. But I felt like God was saying when basically when you were saying that, that God wants to spoil us but in, a
1: good way, right? yeah. in a good way.
2: And I just had this picture of God's the Holy spirit just wanting to fill us. And so I just want to invite us just to open ourselves up. Um, we were doing a Bible study with Carmen about the woman at the well and how Jesus says, um, if you knew who you were talking with, you'd ask for living water, right? Because the water that you drink, you're going you're gonna to be thirsty again. Like the drugs that you take, you're going to yeah. need them again and again and again. Yeah. But the water that God gives you will, it will be well up from inside of you, right? So let's just pray. I want to invite us just to pray for the Holy Spirit to come. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Fill us, Lord. We, we, we want that living water. We welcome you to to come in and just touch each one of us, fill our bodies, spoil us, Father in heaven, with your Holy Spirit. Just thank you that you you're not. It's not about spoiling us. It's your love that is just adoring us. You don't spoil us. You adore us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and to adore us, and let your adoring love just go right into our beings. Home, just. Let's just open ourselves, you guys. Open yourself up and just say, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. You, Holy Spirit. Just increase your presence, Lord. Just uh, I pray that the gifts that you have from heaven, the gifts of the Holy Spirit would, would just be poured into us right now. That you would, uh, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, of you, Holy Spirit. Just fill your temples. Energize us heal us from those wounds of deprivation when we were little kids and we didn't get the love we just pray for deep healings of of all those uh, stages of our life when we were babies when we were even when we were in the womb you know we didn't get the the tenderness that we needed holy spirit we ask that you would just replace just come into those places of our life when we didn't have the tenderness that we needed And, and touch us lord and heal us i pray and uh, just, we just pray that you would teach us how to openly drink from um, the rivers of living water that we need just to be, um, to be healed, to be restored.